So we're going to continue in the book of Mark, and we're in chapter 3 today. And chapter 3 is sort of a, it, it begins that defining moment for the society. Remember, Mark is, is the book that gives us a picture of what it would look like to live in the time that Jesus walked on the earth. We know that Jesus is ever-present because he is alive and well, and when he rose from the dead, he, he empowered us to go and live. He sent the Holy Spirit, which is the presence of God, to live in us. So we carry that wherever we go, right? And that's, that's important. But here, in the book of Mark, we see what it would be like to actually live in the time when Jesus walked on the earth. And I think if I were to come up with a theme for chapter 3, it would be about separation. It would be about defining the moment of separation. How many of you know you've been living long enough, you've had enough relationships where you know there always comes a moment and those people who are closest to you that have come with you to a point, there comes a moment when there's a deciding factor. And those people are either going to continue with you or you're going to continue without them, right? And it might be circumstances, it might be the change in you, it might be the growth in you, maybe the growth in them. Maybe you're the one getting left behind and you're, you're, those people are growing more and doing more. But there's this like defining moment. And if you take the, the whole of Mark chapter 3, here's what we find. We find that, that Jesus is... <laughs> unifying separation but it's unifying because you've got the pharisees and herodians who did not like each other did not agree with each other come together and who brought them together jesus did but not in a good way for them because jesus their disagreement with jesus was unifying because jesus was teaching and standing against their beliefs and what they held true. And by the way, they did not believe or teach the same thing individually, but Jesus brought them together because the one thing they could agree on is Jesus, they didn't want his way. They wanted to keep their way. And that's what people will do is they'll hold on to what's important to them and they'll hold on to the things that they feel is most important and the things that they want to see done. And it's really they're holding on to their little kingdom and they're holding on to the way they do things and they're holding on to what they're comfortable with. So that's we see that happening. We see also we'll talk about this. Jesus actually has this separation from his own family. Like, we're going to read about that. And, and Jesus set the priority of his relationship with God the Father over his earthly family that was here on earth. And, and we'll see that there was a separation because of the priorities that Jesus had. And then we'll end today talking about the, the disciples who will turn the corner this would be a turning point for them like they turned the corner and they became apostles and we'll talk about the difference between a, a disciple and what an apostle is but there was a a moment and this was a big decision for them because now we know their story and of the 12 men that became apostles that grew from disciples into the apostles they every single one of them but one would die early because of jesus so we know that John the Revelator would end up dying the old age. He's the only disciple apostle that died of old age. All the rest of them, the other 11, died because of Jesus. 
Ten of those were, were because they were martyrs, because they stood, because they, they lost their life because of Jesus. And then we know, of course, Judas Iscariot lost his life because of what he did to Jesus. He just couldn't deal with the pain and he, he took his own life. And, and so we're going to go and we're going to cover those things. But here's what I want you to understand today. Your reward in heaven is dependent upon your obedience on earth. Like you getting to heaven, you entering into the gates of heaven is dependent on your obedience on earth. And I don't mean what you think I mean. What I don't mean is you following the rules and you doing the things in order and you having a way. We're going to talk about this in the next few chapters. I'm not talking about being religious and I'm not talking about you know, just going through the motions and doing the things and making sure you're seen. I'm talking about your obedience to God's Word. I'm talking about you going out of what you want and living a selfish life and you living a selfless life. Just giving you the outline of where we're going today. But your reward in heaven is dependent on your obedience on earth. The disciples experienced that. And if you think by obedience, you think that I'm talking about dressing a certain way, cutting your hair a certain way, not wearing certain things, not going certain places, there are some of that. Because listen, while there is God's grace and there is God's mercy... Like you can't just go to the extreme and do whatever you want. Because when you come to Christ, there is a call for us to be righteous. There is a call for us to be holy. There is a call for us for separation from the world so that we can live for Christ. But if this is your picture of coming to Christ, then you really don't know what it means to be a Christ follower. You only know what the world says, what religion says you should do. But when you come to Christ, you have the opportunity, and this is what we stand for as a church, you have the opportunity to truly know God. Religion knows about God. Religion knows about the rules. Religion knows about all the things you're supposed to do, and they're quick to point out what you're doing wrong. But when you're a true Christ follower, it's not about being saved or not being saved. It's not about sinning this thing or doing that thing. It's not about finding the line and staying on this side just close enough so that you don't, you know, go up as a vapor of smoke. It's talking about knowing God. And when you know someone and you are in love with them, then you want to please them. You want to serve them. Men, you're not a man. I'm going to say this. I'm feeling a little... You're not a man to your, your significant other, to your spouse, if you're not holding the door open for them and opening their car door. Because when you do that, you are honoring her. The toilet seat thing is up for debate, but I'm talking about opening the car door. It's easier to go anyway. All right, so knowing God is wanting to please and wanting to serve. And you find freedom. There's freedom in that, y'all. There's freedom in serving God. But you say, yeah, but I got to give up. Yeah, but, I... but it goes back to knowing God. It goes back to wanting to serve, wanting to please that one you're in love with. And finding freedom. There's freedom within the boundaries. Right? If you are a fugitive on the run, you have no freedom. 
You're not free at all because you're always looking over your shoulder. And if you're living in the bondage of your past and you're living in the bondage of hidden secret sin, you're not free at all. You're always looking over your shoulder. And you're able to discover the purpose God created you for. And when you're living and you're walking in the purpose that God created you to live, you'll make an impact on those around you. And this is what we're called to do. And, th- and so Mark chapter 3 is sort of, it's not the corner that we turn, it's the launching pad for our life and following Christ. Because remember, there's a difference in being a believer and being a follower. A follower changes your direction. And this is what we are about. Following Jesus isn't becoming a better ver- version of you. The problem is, in America, is we think that following Jesus is about becoming a better me. And that's when your life and your desires and the things that you think are important get in the way of what it's really about. Following Jesus is becoming a more accurate reflection of Him. This is what following Jesus is about. And listen to me. When there's this fight and there's this struggle to obey... When there's this fight and there's this struggle to allow the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you to do His complete work in you, which means giving up the things you're supposed to give up, which means having hard conversations with the person you need to have them with, talking about boundaries and talking about what you will and what you won't do. When you're talking about full obedience to God's Word, doing the things He called us to do, and you're fighting against that, that's the flesh fighting against His Spirit. That's the small f flesh and the capital S spirit, the Holy Spirit. And it's the struggle. And listen to me, we all through COVID have watched people walk away from faith. Every single person here. We all through, through that time period, we have seen what I call COVID casualties where people just self-sabotage themselves because they weren't standing on the firm foundation. They were standing on the sinking sand. And we've watched people walk away from their faith and fall away from church. And it's because ultimately what they did is they wanted their, what they wanted more than what God wanted. I'm here to tell you today, listen to me, this is all going to make sense as we dive in. That that's, there's not much difference between that and what the world says. There's not much difference between religion and living for the world. It's just two different perspectives. I'm going to show you that today. When Jesus calls you, He calls you to His kingdom purpose that has an eternal impact. That's God working through you. God accomplishing what he wants to accomplish. Now listen to me. I've told you this before, but if I were God, I would not use my creation to do my work. I would just tell all y'all to get out of my way and watch this. Because God is Southern. And I would just say, watch this, because this is, this is what I mean. This is what we're going to do. And I'll be honest with you, it's a little frustrating as a pastor in 2023 
that God doesn't do that. It's a little frustrating as a pastor in 2023 when I call on God and I know what's best because I know what needs to be done and I let Him know. And yet He doesn't just do His thing in His creation to make it get done. I'm a doer. Well, let's go. Stop talking about it. Stop thinking about it. Let's go do it. And, and if, if I had a, a frustration with God, and I don't, but if I did, that would be it. He doesn't cooperate with my plans. He doesn't cooperate with my time, right? Because time is precious. But God calls you to his kingdom purpose so that you can make an eternal impact. You realize that, right? Like the, the impact you have as a follower of Jesus when someone comes through the handshake that you have and what we do through the church and what we do as a body is there and it makes an eternal impact. So let's dive in, Mark chapter 3, verse 1. And he being Jesus entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they, the Pharisees, they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so they might accuse him. So now we see what the Pharisees are wanting to do. They're watching Jesus. It's the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do anything on the Sabbath except what they think you're supposed to do because they added to the rules. We'll talk about that in another chapter, but they added to the rules. They make it very, very complicated. And, and they might accuse him. And Jesus said to the man who had withered hands, step forward. So Jesus walks in. He knows what his critics are thinking. Even though they're not saying it out loud, Jesus doesn't need you to say it out loud because he already knows because he is God. He walks in and he knows that they're watching him see the withered hand man and whether or not Jesus is going to heal him or not. And Jesus, being Jesus, goes, okay, boys, watch this. See, I told you, he's Southern. And he tells the man to step forward. And he knows what they're thinking. Then Jesus said to them, the Pharisees, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? To save life or to kill. But they kept silent. And he looked around at them with anger. Uh-oh. We see Jesus got a little angry here. Being grieved by the hardness of their hearts. And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched, out, stretched it out. And his hand was restored as whole as the other. So Jesus, knowing their thoughts, says, <laughs> you boys want something to fuss about? Step forward. Stretch out your hand. Then the Pharisees went out immediately, plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. So we see the full intention. We see the full plot of what they wanted to do to Jesus. They wanted to destroy Jesus. Can I just tell you today that religion does that to you? That's what religion does. Religion gets more focused on what you think is important than what God thinks is important. Amen, Pastor. Thank you for that. I'm glad you're participating today. Jesus commanded the man to do what he was incapable of doing, and Jesus did what only he could do. This man was not able to stretch out his hand, but Jesus commanded him to do what he was incapable of doing. So the only way he was going to accomplish what God wanted to do in his life was through the power of Jesus. And I'm just here to tell you that 
religion and living for the world, not a whole lot of difference. Because one, in religion, focuses on what you say is important. One, living by the world, focuses on what the world says is important. Religion says, do what I say. The world says, you can't tell me what to do. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And they have this, this facade of living in freedom and doing whatever they want when in actuality, they're not. Both of those are selfish. That's the end result. And we know that God calls us to live a selfless life. It was John the Baptist's call when he said, I must decrease, he must increase. That's your call. That's what you're supposed to do. So we're going to skip the middle part of Mark chapter 3. We'll come back to it to get to this. Then his brothers and his mother came, and standing outside they sent to him, calling him. And a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them, saying, Who is my mother? And who is my brother? And he looked around the circle and those who sat about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and mother. So we're seeing that Jesus is doing something really important. Jesus is setting the example for you and for me to prioritize in our relationship and in our life those who submit themselves to God's will. The problem that a lot of people who are in the church and a lot of people who are trying to follow Christ have is that they are surrounding themselves with the wrong people that have the wrong intention. They are surrounding themselves with either the religious people who are telling them everything they're doing wrong and giving them a ridiculous set of demands for what they need to do to be right. Or they're surrounding themselves with people that say, don't let them tell you what to do. You can't live whatever. Do you, man. Only live once. But there's freedom in the boundary of God's Word. There's freedom when you live by this. Because you're not looking over your shoulder. You're not waiting on the tap. You're not waiting on somebody to come up and sneak up on you. You're walking in the authority Christ has given you. The disciples have been learning, they've been growing, and they've been preparing. And I don't think they really knew, fully understood what for. And here's what I like about the book of Mark. The book of Mark is an action story. Like Mark's my kind of guy, man. He doesn't do any fluff. He doesn't do words you got to do for a stupid report. You know, you got to have a five, seven page report with so many words. That's ridiculous. Just get to the point. Let me know you know it. He gets a He's preparing them. And Mark's like, get to the point. It's an action story. No fluff. I'm just telling you what it is. And a disciple, that's our job. Our disciple, our job as a disciple is to learn, to grow and prepare. That's what we're doing. We're, 
we're kind of sitting on the bench and we're learning. We're sitting in the classroom and we're learning. But if it's all just knowledge and none of it's applied, then we just know stuff and we're not making a difference. But an apostle is sent. Understand what I mean by this. Yes, there's a difference in disciple. Yes, there's a difference in the role of an apostle within the church. But understand the heart of what I'm trying to say. Jesus called the disciples to come off the bench and get to work. The disciples never would have fully understood their calling if they had just sat back and listened. And I'm sure the disciples were happy being part of the crowd. Because you know what? Jesus' popularity was growing and growing and growing. He would go into towns and they would come in and they would, the crowd was there because why? What Jesus could do for them and they wanted Jesus to heal them. They wanted Jesus to heal their mama. They wanted Jesus to heal their daddy. They wanted Jesus to heal their son. They wanted Jesus to cast out the demon. They wanted Jesus to do something for them. And I'm sure that the disciples were all good. Yeah, man, we're popular. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the honorage. I'm keeping, I'm keeping Jesus straight. I'm keeping Jesus, you know, safe. I'm, I'm important. Look at me. Look who I know. Don't you know who I, don't you know who I am because of who I know, right? But the disciples would not have walked into their calling if they did not go. And Jesus sent them out to go into ministry. And they experienced power. And we know they didn't always get it right. We know that after they came back, after a successful missions trip, they didn't always get it right. But they began their journey and walking in the power. The crowd flocked to Jesus. The followers were sent. The followers did. The crowd follows Jesus for what he can do for them. I'm going to use restraint in my example here. But the crowd is not hard to find. The crowd is not hard to find. All you got to do is have the right song, the right music, the right lights, and the right preacher. But followers follow Jesus because of who he is. The crowd follows Jesus because of what he can do for them. Followers follow Jesus because of who he is to them. And I want to I say something here, but I'm not going to. Salvation is the eternal healing that is the spiritual reconciliation between man and God by knowing, trusting, and loving who Jesus is. I told you last week that eternal healing, salvation is the greatest miracle you can ever experience. And it's a spiritual reconciliation between man and God. 1 John chapter 5.13 tells us, these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Power in the name of Jesus. That you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe 
in the name of the Son of God. There's power in the name of Jesus. And listen to me. Because Jesus sent 12 apostles out and they ministered and they did and they did those in pairs and they made a big difference, it started, listen to me, it started what you and I are part of today, the church. Because I told you this a few weeks ago, like if Jesus would have just came and he had made the big splash and he'd have been the healer and he'd have been the person that provided salvation and he'd have risen the dead and he, he would have been nailed on the cross, that big splash would have happened, but eventually the ripple effect would have just gone away. But because Jesus empowered the disciples and because they became apostles and because Jesus rose again and started his church that you and I are part of today and we have a calling that we are supposed to be out and doing and we're supposed to be investing in and we're supposed to be part of because Jesus did that. There have been 2,000 years of building hospitals and building orphanages and bringing salvation to the lost and to the least. And there have been all of this ministry that has been done by people in the name of the Son of God. That's why we exist. That's why we have a building. That's why we sing the songs. That's why we prepare messages. That's why we serve on Saturdays. That's why we go on mission trip. That's why we bring the offering and give the tithe. It's not so we can be build or bigger buildings and do more. It's because that's what we are part of and we are called to make an impact. We've got to recognize our calling. And the problem that we have, particularly the American church, because it's about separation. These people were deciding to follow Jesus and they were deciding it was a life and death situation because they, they were being beheaded, they were being crucified, the first church for following Jesus. In America, we get our feelings hurt. Oh, bless your heart. We get our feelings hurt because we're a Christian. But listen, there are priorities of a relationship with Jesus. And when we understand these priorities and we're practicing these priorities, it'll make a big difference. What are the priorities? It's reading God's Word. This is the standard. I'll just say this. You better be careful who you're listening to if they continually say, God told me to tell you this. And then they vaguely refer to a Bible scripture that's taken out of context. You need to read God's word for yourself. You need to have worship time both personally and corporately. You can't praise God fully by yourself because it's a celebration when we come together. Giving. Bringing the tithe, bringing the offering. It's part of it. Serving, being obedient and making an impact in those around you, those who come, and godly community. Some of your lives would be much easier if you would cut ties with people that keep 
dragging you down. Because the Bible tells us bad company corrupts good character. Those who were in my youth group remember me saying that over and over and over and over again. Especially the girls. Because I would talk about their dumb boyfriends that they were trying to impress. This is your responsibility. This is what you're called to do to be a successful Christ follower. So would you stand with me? I hope that what you're seeing today is out of Mark chapter 3. There are practical applications. All of this is brought out of that. And I hope that what you're seeing is there's practical applications to you and to your life right now. And that God is calling you to more than anything you can accomplish on your own. And when we're together, God's able to do that. So I'm going to pray for us today as a church. I'm going to pray for our impact. I'm going to pray for you in this week that God would open your eyes. The Holy Spirit would help you be sensitive to the work He's wanting you to do and to do through you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you and we thank you, God, for your mercy and your grace Thank you, Lord, for your word and the call to do more. God, I pray, Lord, that you would be with us this week, each and every one of us, God. First, you would set our hearts right through spending time with you. And God, you would open us up and help us to be generous. And God, you would help us to serve. And God, you would would remove the people in our lives that bring us down. And you would add the people to our lives that will build us up in a godly way. Help us to be sensitive to the opportunities you place in front of us to do your work and to spread the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. God, we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, we'd love to connect with you. If you today, maybe you've made a decision. If you're watching us online, you're listening to the podcast, you've made a decision to follow Jesus. Please text the word next to A64479-4483. We want to know. If you need prayer, text prayer. A64479-4483. We want to pray or connect to that same number. We want to connect with you. Don't be anonymous. Don't just exist. Be part of the community. We're going to come back next week. We're going to have another message from the book of Mark. It'll be challenging word for you. But in this week, go and be the feet in the hands of Jesus. Be sensitive to the opportunities that God places in front of you, okay? We love you guys. They're going to sing us out, celebrate what God has done, and we'll see you next week.